Did you uh, did you finish your homework? I watched an episode of Midnight Gospel, episode one. I uh, I did. I really liked it, actually. I think the animation style is really cool, and I find it interesting how they're able to repurpose their podcast for something as interesting as that. It's so... Like, obviously, what the content on the screen is so very off-topic, but it feels so weirdly fitting. And the personas that they make for the for the, the guests that are brought on is really cool, too. Yeah, like, the first guy, he was, like, a little small guy, and he was, like, the president. Uh, how'd you, how'd you like the, well, I thought all the gags and stuff were pretty cool too. Like all the, um, like, I don't know if you caught it, but like they're in the white house at one point and Clancy, the main guy is like walking with the, uh, little president and the president, he grabs like two mugs and he puts them under a statue and his eyes bleed chocolate milk and marshmallows or hot chocolate yeah, yeah the hot yeah. chocolate and marshmallows yeah, yeah i did see that and, and then, then and then clancy just grabs the entire thing and just and drinks it drinks it yeah <laughs> just picks it up or the dog how he's uh a little skirting off with the eight balls in the back that was mm-hmm. pretty funny too and you can't see his feet and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah no there was a, there was some really solid gags in there if I'm being honest, I had like some good, it was funny. It was well put together. Um, and they also touched on serious topics like yeah. the opiate crisis and medical marijuana and all, all kinds of stuff. Right. So, uh, so yeah. What, what do you think about all like their, what they talked about? Obviously uh, for opiates and stuff like that, something I deal with closely on a day-to-day basis just because of where I work. So um you know, working with the homeless population on a regular basis definitely opens you up to seeing what the opiate crisis actually directly affects or who it directly affects, sorry. And uh, it's interesting to see like what they were talking about, how, uh, you know, in states where medical marijuana and like recreational marijuana have higher usage, um, the usage of opiates goes down. Um, and I've seen a few studies like that and articles and such. So it's it's interesting to say the least. Is it the solution to the opiates crisis? I don't think so. Um, just from my own personal perspective, like a lot of people look at weed and think it's a solution to everything, which it's not. Like, sure, it helps in certain areas and does well uh, for like medical use and things like that. But it's, it's not a Band-Aid for everything. Um, but it's still interesting at least in that type of setting in that medium to see that talked about for sure i i really respected the the i'm gonna use i'm gonna just say the president because that's what he Who is, he is. Yeah. uh i don't know his actual name but i'm uh, i really respected his viewpoint on it where he said uh he doesn't People, people tend to think that he has a negative opinion on weed and uh, whether or not sh- it should be legal, but he actually doesn't really care that much. He only really cares about... Like he's pro-liberty and he's pro... Yeah, he's pro, yeah. pro uh, letting the people choose their own 
laws and such. Yeah, so he's he's like pro small go- or small government type of like less legislation the better type of guy. I respect that a lot too, just from like my background and stuff like that. Obviously, with less governing, the people get to govern themselves a bit more, or rules and practices are made without uh, the government's involvement, which I'm a big fan of personally, because government's involved in everything nowadays. So if there's things that they could be less involved in, I would appreciate that. Uh, there was one, there's one, actually, there's one phrase that he said that I really agreed with as well. And that was, I guess that's probably the one that they drove home the most. Was it but health it, is uh, about accepting and perceiving the ra- reality on your own terms? On that was really cool. I like that, ter- that one. Um, but then it was also like, um, no drug is inherently evil or good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that uh, all drugs are just a chemical reaction within your brain. And it's what you do with that is like what is registered as evil and good. But the, the drug itself, the chemical reaction is neither evil nor good. Yeah, that's something I tend to agree with as well. I feel like uh, society has a, ten- has a tendency of demonizing uh, things that they perceive are not beneficial for the majority of people or just mm-hmm. just for obscure reasons they just demonize things. But things in itself, unless we give them meaning, aren't inherently evil or good. They're just things. Exactly. And like, especially in the drugs regard, like he, he said all drugs, like there is no hierarchy to like what drug is the best for you and what is the worst for you, right? Like it's a, no matter what, it's still a reaction that's your body's going to have with a narcotic um, or a non-narcotic uh medicinal device whatever you want to call it um and you're gonna have a reaction to it and that doesn't dictate whether that item is evil or good so it was definitely like yeah it was really cool to see like this cartoon right this cool chill cartoon talk about serious shit what did you what did you think about the main character clancy it was, he was like this weird version of a fly on the wall too. Like he, the main character, I'm assuming the, the guy who runs the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he asked the right questions in such a nonchalant way that you didn't even realize that that person was being interviewed. Or at least you knew they were being interviewed, but it felt more like a friendship. Felt more like just a conversation between people. I feel like he's, he was, a, I definitely agree with that. I feel like he's a very warm and like friendly guy and he has a very, he has a way of viewing the world that isn't seen a lot, I find. And it's very, um, what I wrote down in my little notes uh, before the show, when I watched that episode again, was like, because the first episode is all about zombies and how they're taking over and whatever and all these uh they're like invading the white house and all this stuff Mm -hmm. uh and clancy goes into this uh virtual or simulation world reality simulation and he's getting attacked by these zombies but he's not like fighting back at all he's kind of just observing like what's around him 
and he, he actually says something something like this he he says he he goes into these worlds and uh observes he passively observes observes and, and it creates like pure awareness of what's going on like around him uh, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like he doesn't try to change things in the world or react to them he just kind of and he he touches on this in one of the other episodes in the series. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's it's beautiful the way they touch on this. But he describes this kind of um, this kind of meditation where you're just observing, you're closing your eyes and observing the inside of your body, and observing what your body feels like, and that's kind of that pure awareness that I think Clancy kind of takes in to these simulations with him. Yeah. Like the, when he was touching on like the awareness of self and if you can become aware of yourself being aware, then like what, what is self? Like what is the idea of one being like, that was when they were in the, the hot air balloon and that, gets you thinking for sure mm-hmm. this like and and like the sense they also like did a really good visual metaphor of that too when they all became zombies and then they were all in like a utopia of community yeah it, weirdly it, it was kind of like what does it mean to be it, it goes into what they said which is uh your thing and the observer together uh, creates the illusion of yourself and the illusion is what we perceive around us but there are what he perceives as like other planes that we have no idea about that are still there that might be even more beautiful to what we perceive yeah man they talk about some some really smart stuff in like a really dumbed down way so that idiots like me and alex can understand it Nah, oh, man, I went through that. I'm I'm <laughs> stupid. I went through that thing four four times. Still, four or five times. I'm still picking up stuff that I didn't see before. But uh, like the, the protesters outside the White House when the yeah. president was uh, shooting them, they were holding weed. They were the protesters for the weed. Yeah, they were for like the legalization, right? Yeah. And it was like, it's so weird because like even in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, people find something to protest about, and it's like. No matter, I don't know if this is what they were drawing at, but no matter what, like your population isn't going to be satisfied. Like even if there's like a larger issue at risk, they're still gonna fret over smaller issues. Yeah, it's like, or it's like it, it's kind of like what we're going through in our real world. I think it's like we're going through all this environmental change and political just <clears throat> recklessness without getting too political but yeah like what matters is like that we stop killing each other and that we start like loving and caring for each other yeah like the uh the whole situation with the pandemic i guess being the larger issue and then obviously what's going on in the united states and other countries and sports and such uh is definitely like it seems exactly like what we watched in that first episode just 
different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a hell of a hell of a show. Definitely gonna watch more of it. Honestly, I was like, and I, I, I think, definitely, I definitely want to touch back, touch base with you on uh, some other episodes, especially the last episode of the show. I'm not gonna watch it all the way through, but the last episode of the show, it it, it was beautiful. Oh, you're not you're not spoiling anything. Nothing, not, nothing to look forward to, or what? Giving anything away. Not even a hint, man. No. This guy. <laughs> no, see, it's funny because when me and Alex were living together. We, we would come we would come around to similar issues in shows that we would both watch game of thrones being one of them um i'm a big fan of spoilers so um i like that's weird about you i'm not like a big fan of like big big spoilers but i like little spoilers uh and like little hints because it makes me want to watch a show more so then i always feel like everybody else is the same because in my head like oh whatever i do everybody else does so, um, so if someone came to you and was like Rob Stark dies, like, see that's a big one. That's a big one. So I wouldn't like that. But if someone came up to me and was like, um, Arya runs away from the castle and goes on her own adventure, that I'd be okay with because then it gives me something to look forward in yeah, the storyline. That's kind of. Like, I wouldn't really classify that as a spoiler, per se, because it's kind of just vague, like, an idea of where things are going. It's not like... Okay, well, this, someone could have, like, told me that the dragons hatch when she got the eggs, and I, that like, that's a big enough spoiler, and I would have been more excited to watch the show, because I really like dragons, and I would look forward to the, the episode where the dragons hatch. Okay. It's weird. I got like a yeah. It's no, it's, it's only not... spoilers when they're good things. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> the spoilers that make me it's like if like, you're invested in the character, you don't want to be told that. Of course, like the big well, example no, is, like, man. Dies, Rob Stark dies. Well, Rob Stark dying felt like a piece of myself was dying. Honestly, yeah, because he I like was very much like you. I relate to that character, man, and he died, and I was sad, man. That was but amazing death. Man, we're just gonna we're just gonna become a TV show podcast now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wanted to touch on some other stuff as well. No, for sure. Um, let's move into it. Let's do a little bit of a follow up from uh, last episode. How how did it feel um, going through last episode, or ha- have have you gone through it? Have you listened to yourself speak for a second time again? Oh, that was uh, that was an uncomfortable experience. Was it? Yeah. Uh, How would you take on it? Just because, like, I, I've never done something like this before, mm-hmm. and it was hard for me to hear myself from the past talk in a way that I'm not used to hearing myself speak, if you understand what I mean. Like, I'm not used to hearing my own mannerisms. Yeah, because this is much more like this is more of an oral, not an oral presentation, but it's much more you're presenting more when you're speaking. It's less of a conversation between friends. Mm-hmm. Like it still is, but you're still talking into a mic, right? And I feel like a lot of things that I said in that past episode were uh, wrong, or like uh, like I don't I don't think those things now. Okay. Uh, but I 
I guess that's just like who people are, right? We tend to like just make stuff up as we go with our mouths and then like we're bound to be wrong about some stuff and then we'll listen to ourselves or we'll be told what we just said and then we'll be like, no, I don't agree with that. And then we'll like prove ourselves wrong kind of. Yeah, like you catch yourself on your own tongue. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like there was a few episodes in that podcast where I found myself being a little bit over the top or like, yeah, saying something that either I, it's not that I might, not that I didn't agree with what I was saying, but I was exaggerating it a little bit so it would sound better in like a podcast format right so it's it's uh definitely like little little things checking yourself in the middle of uh of you talking and and seeing is what i'm saying what i actually want to say yeah and it definitely got to a point where uh it was kind of cringy for me to listen to especially when i was (laughs) when i was talking about being a like a gym rat like that was pretty. oh i'm i'm a gym rat caleb yeah um (laughs) because like i'm getting around i'm only joking i don't even go to the gym so it doesn't count (laughs) right like i'm just a fat fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was uh it was like kind of a humble brag that i didn't really like to to say or like to uh listen to myself say fair but but we got through it and the podcast is done and you guys have maybe listened to it maybe you haven't you should you still should go oh, go uh, uh go try and listen and find that part i think we should say to uh to new listeners this is uh alex and caleb's thesis podcast yes it uh, is hello hello this is the second episode i don't know why you started here without uh listening to the first one this is the longest intro ever we we had an entire half of the podcast before we introduced it (laughs) it's okay i'll just cut this part and then put it to the beginning right at the beginning (laughs) and then everybody's like out of context no idea what's going on hey guys welcome to the podcast this is the thesis podcast i'm your co-host caleb and here's alex my other host what's going on (laughs) Uh, but yeah definitely uh you know stay tuned for more listen and uh this is the thesis podcast yeah so uh another thing that i wanted to touch on that i've been thinking about uh uh, so i need to give some background to this before i discuss it so give us some context last week me and caleb um tried to record one of these podcasts and it was on a Thursday because Caleb uh, screwed up the scheduling on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, just throwing some shade there. Hey, uh, I, it was a misunderstanding. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where we we figured it out, got it recorded. Oh, no, wait, never mind. You were sick. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, I was that. sick. Never mind. That's never not mind. even. This guy's just I'm, throwing shade on I'm, me I'm, because I'm, I was sick as, as a dog. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah, so actually, I had a really bad cold and thought I had COVID and got COVID tested, oh, which actually we can talk about later. I, oh, you got, oh, I didn't know that. I got COVID uh, tested, so that, that's for after this context. Okay, so during our Thursday run, uh, we started doing the podcast, but I quickly realized that I was just talking nonsense and I couldn't keep my mind Um on a right track um 
and we did what we did when we first started this podcast uh in our first very first episode an episode that none of you will hear uh ever never <laughs> will you hear it it's never coming out maybe in like a future patreon or something yep you can pay for it that, that's what it is <laughs> send me your best offers but we were just i was just talking about we were jumping from point to point it had no really like traction um and then that put me in like a really kind of weird space where i started thinking about like the idea of like what if this podcast never gets going and then that put me into like a a really weird thing where i was thinking about the idea of like success and what if none of my ventures in the future ever become successful and i wanted to know your take on like how do you measure success and like what would you do if you never achieved what you measured okay um damn that's a that's a heavy question because it's it's one i think about pretty often it's also that it's also that question that you just like lay awake at 3 a.m thinking about in your bed And you, so, you've actually told me about this before, where you're yeah. like laying in bed at 3 a.m. You're just like, I want a dog at the age of 30. And like, remember that? Yeah. So I have basically a little context to this one as well is like, I will be laying in bed and quite often my brain will literally scream at me. And I know this doesn't sound normal. No, I'm not schizophrenic. No, I'm not crazy um, in, in any sense of, of the word. This happens to me too. It happens to a lot of people. I feel like everybody has like a little bit of a... I don't know, a quarter life crisis on a regular basis. Um, But yeah, I'm sitting there in my bed alone and my brain is screaming, you need to get a German shepherd. You need to get a house. You need to get married and you need to get your life together. Like you need to be successful. And that got me really thinking about, well, what is success? Is success the white picket fence, the job, the dog and the wife? Or is it like something... Is there more meaning to success or do you define your meanings of of success? Like, what is it? Is it a societal thing? Is it an individual thing or is it a cultural thing? Like, I don't know. Um, So after that, it got me thinking a lot. And I think there are two definitions of success. There's like a societal definition of success. And that is usually directly translated to wealth and how much money you have. I agree. Um, and then there's an individual sense of success, which I think is a lot more correlated to happiness. Um, and I think you could be wealthy and unhappy, but I think you can be very poor and unhappy as well, but vice versa in both regards, it just depends on what your individual definition of success is. So for me, it's much more correlated with happiness, but it hasn't always been. So I think that a lot of people get easily influenced by what society's view of success is, and then it becomes their own individual opinion of success. But so, uh, what I was going to ask you after this, because I I was banking on you saying happiness, how do you measure happiness? Uh, And that's where it gets tricky. And I think you measure happiness by checking in with yourself and being self-aware. Like, how do I feel today? What did this situation make me feel like? What is this position at this firm or at this job making me feel like? What is my life with my children and my wife making me feel like? So I think it's a lot more about, weirdly, uh, not many men 
will maybe love this is it's being in touch with your emotions and realizing when you're good and when you're not. So like, I think you're not always going to be happy and you're going to find areas in life that are going to be much more difficult than others. So you have to realize when you're in the good times and when you're in the bad times. And then you also have to look at the people around you and the situations or the environments around you during both times. So when you're, you know, you feel up, you feel happy, you feel joyful, recognize who's, recognize who's around you and where you are. And then when you're down, you feel horrible and like you don't want to get up, recognize who's around you and what's around you as well. So I think your environment and your, your, your social setting definitely plays a huge factor into if you're happy or not. Uh, yeah. No, I, There's a lot of science behind it, obviously. I, mean, yeah, I don't know yeah, that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just – I don't care about all the science shit. That's why like, I didn't put it in our show notes. I, just, I have a little personal note. Yeah, but I put it in just so you didn't see the question. You so you wouldn't think about it. I just wanted like your genuine opinion on it, right? I I would say that's that's probably my genuine opinion. Um, but to say that we aren't influenced by society's definition of success is a complete lie. Like I yeah, I, I define I my success by happiness, but I I, money still matters. Wealth. Yeah. Um, and what what you were saying, how like. You have to be in touch with your emotion. I feel like that's something I kind of have to like work on a little bit because it's it was funny you said that because I was thinking about it like for the past week, week and a half and actually even longer. I've been thinking about this for like the past month. I used to be very in touch with who what was going on on the inside. And as I got older, I kind of um, lost touch with what was going on. And now I going back to like midnight gospel i kind of felt feel uh like clancy like uh like he says like he's numb to everything that's going around him except for the present thing that's going on right in front of him and that's what i try to kind of live like i kind of live in the present but i don't know what's going on in the inside you know yeah so like you don't you live in the present, but you don't like catching up with your past yeah. or future. Like yeah. you don't either way. You don't like, uh, I don't like, I don't contemplate I don't think about things except yeah. when these like thoughts come into my head. Like, but then I don't even think about like, I guess it's just who I am. I don't think about what I think success is. I think about what society, like, the theoretical aspect of it i think like the the like what society has to say about success and what what other people would say and i don't know what my viewpoint even is on it because i definitely measure my success based on my wealth and i measure measure it based on the legacy i will live for my children and for my grandchildren and for the world but I don't know if that success would be in um, – I don't know if I want that success to be in my amount of wealth that I have as like a Jeff Bezos type mm-hmm. or in the good things that I've done. 
yeah, so do you want to be a, a Jeff Bezos or do you want to be a Mahatma Gandhi, right? Like, that. I guess that's the idea, idea behind legacy, or at least that legacy only has two distinct patterns. You're either a murderer, a saint, or a billionaire. And it's definitely harder to be a Mohammed Gandhi than it is to be Jeff Bezos, just because of the world that we live in. Yeah. I don't, like, uh, well, I don't, Jeff Bezos is a little bit of a stretch, like, it's hard to get billions of dollars like him but like becoming a millionaire is a lot easier than being a saint like even like a joe rogan yeah exactly like becoming becoming a like a well-respected businessman or someone in your field who is well-respected or within the industry that's well-respected is a lot more difficult than becoming like mother Teresa. i heard she was a bitch (laughs) i've heard the same thing actually I'm actually gonna look that up right now because I don't want to. I don't want to blaspheme a saint on our podcast. Yeah, seriously, like I'm gonna be blasphemous of a saint directly here, just sitting here. He's, uh, um, a was a bitch. Bad person. <laughs> uh, criticism of Mother Teresa. Oh, oh, we criticize people. There's an entire that... Wikipedia ad- uh, article on her, so that's how you know she is. That's how you know she does bad shit. Um, next year, blah, blah, blah. Mother Teresa, man. Just sitting there, giving food to all the homeless people, all the poor people, and just slapping them. Just slapping them. Just saying, Christ compel you. Right on the back of the head. Right on the back of their bald head. Medical care. Passive. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't have time to read this. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, she's and just like, other people there's a whole Wikipedia page on why she's a bad person, guys. So I, I will, take that with a grain of salt. I will read it after and then define if she was a bitch or not. I don't okay. think she was a bitch right now, though. Was Mother Teresa a bitch? Find out on next episode of The <laughs> Thesis. <laughs> um, but just bringing it back, I guess, to the idea or our idea of success being in touch in your emotions the only reason i say that is because it it helps especially with myself but i think just humans in general become more self-aware and then the second you're more self-aware you know more about yourself than you knew before and you can make decisions for your own life with more of an educated guess i guess you could say so um in those situations, when you become more self-aware, where you're more in touch with your emotions, you realize what you want to be successful at, what you define success as, what your goals are for your life. And I think it's important to realize that as much as a lot of people don't want to be selfish, you have to be selfish sometimes in realizing what you want to do with your life because it's your career path. It's how you're going to live. It's your partner. Any of those things, you have to make decisive decisions that you don't doubt because you trust yourself to make those decisions. And the more self-aware you can be, the more goals you're going to set for yourself that are going to be realistic and the better you can define your own success is how I see it. Do you set your goals high or low? I set my, I set my goals high. Um, but that's because I'm willing to deal with the disappointment of not hitting those goals. Okay. But if, if I, 
for a long time, I wasn't okay with not hitting those goals. Uh, so I would set them low and then I would exceed those expectations and like give myself a pat on the back. And I kind of just got annoyed of giving myself a pat on the back. So I wanted to give myself more challenges. See, I set my goals low because I've already had to deal with setting them high and falling short. Uh, and that's not a feeling that I want to deal with again. Cause so now I set my bar low, but I try my best. Okay. I mean, that's as long as you're trying, I think that's the important thing. But setting your goals high also gives you gives you a reason to pick up your socks, is what I would say. So like if you set a goal high, you're still proud of yourself even if you don't like say say you complete 95% of it but you don't hit that 100%. When you set a goal higher, you're still not disappointed. No, this is where cuz I would rather do 100% of something than 90% of not, of of everything. I think that's fair, but it depends what. Like it, de- it depends what. Like for me for small for small tasks, I would I would much rather do this. Set the bar low, like you're saying, pick up socks, clean the room, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But for long term, um, a lot of th- I used to say in, in high school that like um, I wanted to be like like uh, a politician one day. Yeah. Not well. I want. I said I wanted to be the prime minister. I was that kid. I'm the loser. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not gonna happen and i don't want to do that anymore um but that was setting it a little bit too high and I, I don't think i'm on the career path of doing that anymore so now i've limited it oh uh, and i wanted to i wanted to touch on because i we live in canada me and caleb live in canada and I don't, uh, Caleb is in advertising. I I, w- I went to college for police foundations. I want to be a RCMP officer. And the overwhelming majority of people, when I say I am doing a podcast, they say, don't put it out because you want to be an RCMP officer and you don't know what you're going to say. Um, but, which like fair, but you should still be able to censor yourself. But like I, I don't think if I'm censoring myself, I should be putting it out. Yeah, sorry. By censor yourself, I meant like, uh, like be careful. Not even be careful. Just like be a decent enough person that the words that are coming up out of your mouth are acceptable. Mm-hmm. And the majority of what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is going to be acceptable. It's going to be unacceptable. Absolutely blasphemous. What was I going with this, Caleb? You were just going in the RCMP direction. You are saying how yeah, the yeah. majority of the people tell you that you shouldn't release the podcast because of the repercussions that might f- face you in the future. And that's kind of like a, a scary um, thought, right? That certain avenues are limited because of the career that I'm going into. Which, 
I don't even think is necessarily good because you saw you saw recently that Michelle Obama released a podcast. Yeah, and Michelle. Personally, I think this is just a ploy to get a election campaign in the in like twenty twenty four or something. Um, oh yeah, she's like their family's gonna at least her. She is lining herself up so perfectly to to try and be a presidential candidate again or yeah. be the presidential candidate that she saw her husband once was. So of what a Michelle. I'm, what, what I'm getting at it with Michelle Obama is that <laughs> I don't know. Why I call her a bomb girl. <laughs> <laughs> keep getting, going what i'm getting at with michelle obama is that uh even though i think that and this is just like the pessimism in my personality and how i kind of view the world which i tend to hate to not like myself for having this way of thinking but it's just who i am i've learned to accept at this point that she is only doing that to further a political campaign where I feel like a lot of politicians, um, police officers and people in the public eye should have a way of communicating other than Twitter to the public. Yeah. Something to show that they are human instead of um, basically what, society perceives police to be as like robots i agree with you and i think like even if it's not every individual police officer if specific police stations would have like podcasts where they bring on the different officers or things like that or and i agree with the i agree with what you're getting at and i know what you're getting at which is like public figures should be public like these people that are working for us should we should have a better understanding of who they are as people, whether that is positive or negative. Yeah, like for Canada, a Canadian example of this would be, I think Trudeau should maybe have a podcast where he discuss what he did in the week. What, what yeah. just what meetings like, he had. What actually got done this week by our prime minister. And then it would develop a sense of trust in the community. Yeah, I I think that people would stop thinking of these like politicians as like dirty politicians. Start thinking of them as people. And I think that's a big thing too. Is that like we don't look at politicians or police officers as like genuine humans. Like these people have emotions too, right? Um, I was heavily involved with like um, a I'm not going to say which party, but uh, a party in Canada. Um, that I would help volunteer for and I would help during election time and things like that. Um, and you actually get to meet these politicians and talk to them and have drinks with them and have dinner with them and sit down and talk about their wives and their children and their dog that they played ball with at the dog park. Like, right. So all these people are people and it's very easy to sit behind a computer screen or a phone screen and i know it's cliche but it's true it's much easier to say what's on your mind in a text bubble than it is to actually say it right or at least sorry take that back it's much easier to say how you feel about someone online behind a computer screen because you don't have to say it to their face but it's much easier to 
um, get your opinion or your statement across in an audio format or a video format where context and body language at least or like the way your voice is is taken into into context so i think yeah people who are in public office should should have a show um but should it be should it be a show that they like profit from that's another question like if their podcast takes off should they should they make advertising money from that or should this be like a mandatory thing that's the problem i had with michelle obama's podcast and i see the necessity of that why would they do something that they're not profiting from i see the necessity of that but it kind of breaks the trust of the audience if every 15 minutes you're getting an ad yeah it's like it's like a, it's a situation that i i found myself in for the past three weeks i i'm in the gym right now i have a personal trainer um he's and- he's getting healthy doing yeah, things yeah, to yeah. benefit himself um for reasons that i won't get into but the- i'm a gym rat yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding uh, that is just gonna be an ongoing joke for the rest of the podcast <laughs> by the way <laughs> You'll cry once I have a six pack. Uh, I will. I will. Please, uh, I can't wait till the day. I'll cry live on the podcast. I promise you. <laughs> You'll hear my tears. Um, but it's weird because he, me and him talk about other things other than the gym, especially when we're at the gym. Um, and I feel like he's trying to. You know how like I like to think like everyone's advertising themselves to other people. Um, for sure and this is what we touched on last podcast but he's kind of advertising to me that he's my friend but he's still trying to get me to buy this personal training package his service his service and it kind of takes the the aspect of like okay maybe i'm actually developing a human connection out of it if i'm just I'm just using him. Yeah. To get fit. I feel like he's he's working for me at that point. Yeah. And it's not that genuine friendship that you feel like he's trying to facade with. Mhm. Yeah, I well, I don't I, even, keep I don't going, even sorry. necessarily think that it's a facade. It's just it's just a weird position to be in. It is a weird position to be in, and I think um, I think maybe we just, as humans, have to get better at trying not to persuade everyone. Like, and whether that's persuade people to like us or buy our service, it's just that touching a little bit on what we talked about in the last podcast. Like, we all try to persuade people with our personality. And we try to convince them that our personalities or looks or persona are better than other people's. And that's why they should spend more of their time and attention on us. And 
I think on a fundamental basis, it's still that. Um, so we just have to realize that humans aren't perfect at that. But it, it does feel like someone's always trying to sell you something. I agree. Like, I was talking to a personal trainer. As much as I might have built up a relationship with this personal trainer over two years or something like that, I still pay this guy every day or every session, right? Yep. So there's a disconnect between friendship there because if you have real friends, you know that friendship doesn't imply money. Like you don't have to buy off your friends. So if obviously you haven't been buying off your friends your entire life, you don't equate friendship to giving money to someone. You actually think that's probably a negative thing if you have to give someone money to be friends with them. Mm -hmm. So you immediately have a disconnect in areas where people are providing you a service and they act friendly because it's no longer a real friendly. Because mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to sell you whatever. At the end of the day, they need money to survive and yeah. they're just trying to sell it to you. No, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, like you need a, a trainer or you need an accountant, right? Like if you make best friends with your accountant who you've had for three or four years, that like they know your finances. That would be a really weird relationship to be like. That'd be such a weird account. friendship because like he knows how much you get paid. So what Christmas gift do you get? Him? Yeah. <laughs> And you know how much, like you pay him. You know how much you pay him, and you know that he has other clients. So, what does he get you for Christmas? It's like, uh, like you don't miss business and pleasure, or business and um, family and business. Yeah, humans are greedy on a fundamental level. So, money and anything pleasurable don't mix really well when you have like relationships and intricate different dynamics between people involved everyone's greedy and that sucks but it's part of life so figuring out how to navigate that within friendships and professional relationships you could be friendly in a professional relationship but not be friends and i think it's important for people to realize that not everybody has to be your friend mm -hmm. and I was kind of thinking as well when I, going back to the, this success. Yeah, like the root of this. What happens if you're not successful? That's like the root of what we were talking about. Um, do you ever think that if you end up not being successful, uh, the people that you surround yourself with will distance themselves from you? Yes and no. You hear, I would. You hear that all the time. Like, you should surround yourself with. You should surround yourself with people that are going to push you forward. That's what I was kind of getting at, and like I was about to get at is that. I think you surround yourself with people that are at like the same level as you. So. Um. If that person isn't growing at the same rate as you are successfully or you aren't going with them at the same rate then someone gets left behind and when you're focusing a lot on success and how to be successful that happens quite often and i feel like so that, like that's just it if you're lazy 
you're going to be hanging out with lazy people. If you're successful, you're going to be hanging out with successful people. And I'm not sure if you get left behind if you're unsuccessful, but you might, you, you definitely get pushed to the side because you're, if you are not benefiting them in a weird sense, it's kind of messed up too. You are no longer of benefit to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. And as much as people might think that's a selfish reason, sometimes when you lose benefit or you lose like positivity to that person, like they don't feel anything positive from you anymore, or they don't feel like they're gaining anything anymore from the relationship that you're in, that partnership, then they'll distance themselves because they feel like you're actually bringing them down more than you're uplifting them. Mm-hmm. So I think you're always going to have your close friends or at least some of your close friends that'll be like lifelong friends, or at least you'll have one probably that is this person that you really connect with and probably stays around the same level as you life-wise. Like your values align, your career goals more or less align. And this is like a friend. And then obviously the person that you do this the best with, depending on their sexual orientation, you want to marry. Because the more your values and your personalities and things align on a fundamental level, like for important stuff, like religion, finance, and career goals, things like that, that's the person you want to marry. The person that's like the second closest to that, that's the person you want to be friends with because they're going to challenge you a little bit more than the person that you're married to. And you don't want the person that you're married to to challenge you all the time because they're going to divorce you. And then, and I think it's just a lot of life is playing a game of figuring out who uplifts you and who brings you down and how to gauge that. Mm-hmm. And I guess bringing it back to what defines someone as successful, you're going to notice a big difference between people that define their success as wealth and the people that define their success as happiness. Because uh, the people that define their success as, wo- as wealth are going to have a much different approach to how they speak to you, how they um, value your relationship than the people that value happiness over wealth. Yeah. I Yeah, that was a little bit of a segue, a yeah. little bit of a reach, but I, I think uh, it's important I, to talk uh, about. I completely agree. And I, I, I like that you brought it back to that point because that – that kind of just like connected the dots for me as well. Like people who value money are going to act different to you as your life goes on as people who value being happy. That's, and I think that's just it because the person that values money or wealth above all probably isn't like, they're going to send you a text to like, Hey, let's go to this like fancy restaurant and let me tell you about all my accolades. Or let's talk about all your accolades so I can compare them to my accolades. And the person that's looking for happiness or like true happiness will ask you to go out to that restaurant that you guys went out to in your first year of high school or your first year of university. And they will talk to you about real meaningful accolades in your life like, you know, your career goals or, you know, how's your family doing? And, and, or they'll talk to you and like even vent to you. And even though they know that they're putting an imposition on you, 
that, hey, this person probably doesn't want to burden all of this information that I'm giving them. Someone who is truly looking for happiness is willing to admit that they mess up, that they fail. And I think someone that is after success and wealth don't admit very often how many times they're wrong. Other than that, I uh, got a cotton swab shoved and it tickled my brain the other day. Huh? Yeah. Stuff it up your nose? No, some random lady who I do not consider oh. my friend. Some ra- some random some random chick who What? <laughs> um little bit of context. I was feeling under the weather the other day. Had a oh, bad you cold. Were at the hospital. This makes it so much Why would you open up as some random lady? <laughs> makes it so much worse. Some random lady, man. I wasn't anyway, even at the hospital. I wasn't even at the hospital, but I'm joking. Obviously a bad segue. That was on purpose. We had a good talk about like real shit and how success, I think, should be your own definition of something. So as much as I what talked about the random lady at the hospital. Yeah, we're, we're talking about her. Oh, Trust okay. me. She because I think no word of a lie. This lady was very happy. And I think that she she's a happy person and doesn't care about her $60,000 a year salary working as a nurse um, and having to wear a ton of PPE every single day. We should pay our healthcare professionals more. That's, 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 that's the moral of the story. Anyway. um, Yeah. I got COVID tested the other day, felt weird, tickled my brain and um, made me sneeze for a good, like five minutes. That's, that's really what happened. They just shove a swab up your nose, tickle your brain a little bit, and give you a paper and say, check your results. And my results were negative. I have a good old regular cold. People still get those. Yeah, I have. I got one too. It's because of the weather. And I I was, I was oh, it's because of the weather and I work in dust. Um, like just an abnormal amount of dust. Just and dust? I, <laughs> I had to, I eat two react in a day. Uh, just because my allergies are so bad. Uh, so I was sneezing my ass off. And luckily, I drive for a living. I'm a driver. So I got to, like, my manager essentially said, listen, I got to send you home if you, like, keep sneezing because you're looking pretty bad right now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to run to Walmart. <laughs> and I got some reacting. And I got fine from then on. See, I wish that was the case. I had to get COVID tested for work because I worked that weekend, so I can't go in with a cold. Yeah, yeah, but um, you should you should work at a homeless shelter. You sh- you know what? That would be an experience I wish everyone could at least try out for one day. No, I like my job. Yeah, that's fair. That's a topic for <laughs> another day. <laughs> that's a that's a, even that is a deep topic. Um, but yeah, what Alex, do you have more of a grasp today? At least I think that's my opinion of success, but you could define success as something other than wealth and happiness or as both. So what, to close it off, what would you say success is to you? Uh, I still haven't made up my mind earlier. I I don't know. I think I, I am not old enough to make that decision yet. 
I think. I think. I think I'm just living in the. It sounds so corny, but I think I'm just living in the present right now. I'm just living in the present, just like uh, Chancy, right? Is that his name? Chauncey? Clancy. Clancy. I almost got it right. I've watched one episode. Give me a break, okay? I feel like him a lot. And especially because I've dabbled in uh, like psychedelic drugs a little bit. I, I, I feel like. Uh, well, his actual name is Duncan Trussell. I feel, I feel like I connect to him, which is why I love this show so much. For sure. Yeah. No, I have, uh, I have yet to watch more of it, but I'm very excited to do so. Um, and I think we had a hell of a good talk today. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, uh, stay tuned for the third episode of the thesis. Take it easy, everyone. Take it easy. Don't forget to follow our Instagram and Twitter. Um, which is right. Let's plug our stuff before. Let's just plug it. You know, username is the hypothesis podcast. Oh, no, that is, that is not it. That's sorry. It's the thesis podcast on Instagram and thesis podcast on Twitter. So feel free to, uh, jump on those platforms and send us some ideas that you want talked about on the show, or even some questions that you have for myself or Alex. Mm Mm-hmm. And we will see you next episode.